You're listening to the smartest guys in marketing, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, conversions, and marketing coolness. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Taylor. The title of today's talk is Shut Up and Row. Shut Up and Row. Ben, what do you think about that? I love it. I can't wait. <laughs> Shut Up go. and Row. When, you're, when your mastery is challenged, and a lot of times, that we see this all the time. We've had, I don't know how many, 1,000, 1,500 clients, whatever. People come into this place and they want desperately to move their life forward, their business forward. And all of a sudden they get in and it's hard and it's difficult and they're, they're, they're challenged and it wasn't what they thought it would be. And the universe is conspiring against them, which is actually real, by the way. If you've hopped in here recently and you notice that just things in other areas of your life are all going wrong at the same time, you know you're in a good season. Chill out. Because when you, when you raise a claim on something that is more than what you've had or better than what you've had. You're going to have this resistance that teams up against you. You're in a good season if you're in a challenging season. You're in a good place if your mastery is being challenged. But when people get to this state, they have two options. Number one, obviously, you can get stronger. Okay, uh, My personal trainer, he says this all the time. You just got to get stronger. When he's like yelling at me and cussing at me at the gym, I have two options. I can get stronger or I can decrease the weight. This is saying these are the only two options. My, my philosophy on growth is that, you know, the problem with growth seasons is that you're always going to be required to grow when you least expect it. True or false? True. I mean, how convenient would it be if you knew, man, I'm going to get tested this season. I better prepare for it. <laughs> like, I tried to do that with the baby. Yeah. Uh, like, May was like blacked out everything. We, we front loaded everything into May. We had the Dominican Republic event in the first of May. We moved to the offices first of May. We had the elite event second of May, uh, third week of, of April. Sorry. I've got my months mixed around. Clearly I haven't been sleeping. And anyways, I had the whole month of April that I was supposed to be able to do all of my, and then May was going to be the month of the baby. And she decided to come in April just like everything else. This is the problem with with growth is that they typically come at the times when you least expect it. The times I'm challenged the most are the times that I'm not exactly prepared for it, which is why it's so tough. It's just like no warning. But there's a portion of society who's so driven. We, We have such huge aspirations and goals and dreams. And even a smaller portion of us who understand the way the universe is wired to throw sacrifice at you before you can experience real growth and fulfillment. Sacrifice always precedes growth. I was talking with Ben this morning. I said, have you ever had a season of growth in your life that was not preceded by a season of sacrifice? And he said, no. Nope. Mm -mm. (laughs) Every season of growth in your life is always preceded by a season of sacrifice. It's just the way that the world works. And for those of you here, I want to rewire your brain to link up the pain to the price. Most human beings as a civilization, like we all are wired to run from pain, but the few who don't, we receive all the spoils of victory. We, we 
embrace the pain. We cherish the pain and we actually have mastered the ability to link up this chaotic, painful, overwhelmed challenge, all of these things. We've linked them up with fulfillment. That's why we win. So anyways, April was a crazy month for me, needless to say. And uh, I expected it to be in May. I'm proving my point that it always, it always comes at the least expected time. But there's a mantra that I've repeated to myself a few times in the last 30 days, and I have it written down on a little card that's in my wallet. And about to tell you what it is. In the moments I feel like I'm the weakest, like I'm losing the most grounds, or maybe you know there, there's things that just aren't going right, shut up and row. Shut up and row. Nobody gets in the boat and then is shocked by the fact that they have to row. It doesn't make any sense. Like, no, dude, you got in the boat. Like, you're in this thing. Now, shut up and row. You're the one that decided that the nine to five wasn't good enough. You're the one that decided that you didn't want to be mediocre or obscure or, you know, you didn't want to be irrelevant anymore. You're the one that decided that what you wanted was worth it. And now you're in this boat called entrepreneurship. And it's time for you to shut up. It's time for you to row. There's a story of, uh, believe it's a, these college athletes and they're on the rowing team and they developed a formula for what, you know, how to decide yes or no, should I do this or should I not do this? And I know if you've heard the story before, but the formula that they had, this doesn't make the boat go faster. And they were able to link everything in their lives to the ultimate goal for the season of life that they were in, in, in rowing faster. The food they put in their mouth doesn't make the boat go faster. Staying up an extra few hours doesn't make the boat go faster. Hanging out with this circle of friends or that circle of friends doesn't make the boat go faster. And I think that for the times in your life, when you get to the place where what you want is being challenged, perhaps taken from you, and you feel like there's a list a mile long of excuses You have to be able to boil down your decision-making to this question. Does it make the boat go faster? Does this achieve what I said I wanted for this area of my life? And honestly, the answer for most of your problems is going to be to shut your mouth and row. Enough complaining, enough dabbling, enough settling. And this is the thing. I'm, I'm harping on my sales guys right now. Harping on them. We're in an embarrassing time for entrepreneurs. I am embarrassed by the amount of people. This isn't directed at you and CK. Obviously, you've kind of taken the next step and you're here. But I'm embarrassed at the people who in one, in one setting, they say they, they make these proclamations. I want this for my family. Now, I'm going to be the person who does this for my family. I'm going to be the person that takes this home for my wife or for my husband, for my kids, for my dogs, for whatever. They say that they want these things and then they literally proceed to groan and whine and puddle around in the mud, doing nothing, being nothing. And I'm embarrassed for where we are as, you know, kind of the state of entrepreneurship right now with the economy being the way it is. And we can talk about that if you want. But I'm telling you, like, if people would just be quiet and get to work, they would shut up and row, the whole world would improve. The whole world would improve. What do you mean, Taylor? What do you mean, shut up and row? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't even own a boat. What are you even talking about? The rowing can be whatever, whatever activities are going to stack up on top of each other that are going to produce a version of you that can win. And I don't even mean the big things. In fact, 
if you're asking me, hey, what is it that makes strong people strong and weak people weak? Why do the winners win and the losers lose? Why are the strong people strong and the weak people weak? We boiled everything down. It would be distinctions. The distinctions. What does rowing look like for you? What does rowing look like for me? Well, it's, it's the distinctions. It's the little things. People who are at the very top of their game, they're not at the top of their game because everyone else eats food and they eat grass. All right. We're not talking about the massive incredulous things. It's not because, you know, normal people sleep seven hours and they, le- they sleep 17 hours. That's ridiculous. If you look through the most successful people in history, you're not going to be able to find the one big thing that makes them all so much better. What you're going to find are a list of small distinctions that add up and they add up and they add up and they add up. And rough season, still distinguished, still doing the small things. Good season, they're still doing the small things. And what I've noticed is that when times are good, amateurs lose their distinctions. When times are bad, amateurs lose their distinctions. It's little things. What does rowing look like for me? It looks like waking up at the same time every morning. Even though you just had a baby? Hell yeah, even though I just had a baby. What does rowing look like for me? It means that, you know, I spend time sharpening the axe. I'm planning my week. I'm going through the productivity system. Starts with one of our staff members last week that he has the same access that he's had for the last six months, but for one month, he decided not to do it and his life is falling apart. Nothing changed, bro. (laughs) The only thing that changed is all of a sudden you felt like you outgrew the distinctions that made you great. And now you're finding out that you didn't outgrow them because nobody's great because they're just born great. People are great because of the little that they do that no one else sees. They're easy not to do. And man, we forget them. It's a slight edge. If you look at like, I was thinking about this this morning. I think the next season for me, because you know, like there's been so much chaos. And I just literally had this moment this morning at Starbucks at 5.45, drinking a double shot. I have no competition anymore. My, my competition is literally me. It's the weaker version of me. And uh, this thought over the last two months, it's not that I don't have any excuses. I mean, you have a baby, like I have an excuse to not wake up early. Like if anybody has an excuse, first of all, it would be my wife. Okay. Second of all, it would be me, right? Anybody who's had children knows that like, if you're going to, if you're going to take some leeway, you can take it right after you have a baby because everything's complete chaos. But my competitor is the weaker version of myself. And I just had this th- thing this morning that I've given that competitor too many points. I'm not mad about it. I'm not, it's not touching my identity. It's not like I'm not, you know, clearly I'm not like in shambles about it, but it's just something I look back on my life. Like the last two months, the competition I'm playing against is the weaker version of myself. And I've given that person too many points. So I'm thinking about it and I'm going to go the next 30 days and it's going to be freaking a hundred to nothing. I will give them no points. How do you do that? It's the distinctions. I'm not going to let a day go by without reading my morning formula because I just give a point away to the weaker version of myself. I'm not going to let a night go by without reviewing my end-of-day review and monitoring the things I'm grateful for because I'm not going to give my competition any points. I'm telling you, if you can learn to see it this way, not like it's this struggle of like, you know, I have to beat this competitor in the marketplace. Like, get off of all of that. 
and realize that the only person that can take you out of the game is not your flesh and blood competitor. It's not the other person selling what you sell. They are not your enemy. The only enemy you have is the version of yourself who is not committed, who wants pleasure over progress. The version of you who wants growth without sacrifice. It's the version of you that is more interested in how you feel than how many people you're impacting. If you can learn to form all of your resistance against that person, give them zero. You, 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 your competitors, like your real competitors, they won't, they won't know what to do. This is how you win the game. So I was thinking that this morning, I'm ready to get into it. Like I'm ready for the next 30 days. Like you can ask, uh, you can ask anyone I've talked to today, Chris, Cole, like I'm ready to freaking go. Cause I feel like I've gotten this new idea of who I'm really playing against. And I just want to transfer it to you. At the end of the day, watch yourself. Shut up and row. That's what the game is about. Not giving any points away to that version of yourself. So anyways, distinction. There's been a lot of gold from today. You probably listen to this again because I'm just like all over the place right now. You can tell that I'm like revving back up and like getting all of my thoughts down on paper. And we're, we've kind of gone all over the map. Three principles that have been on my mind recently that I want to give to you. Number one, principle number one, growth is always a sacrificial act. Believe it. Growth is always a sacrificial act. You're not getting anything. You're not going anywhere if you are trying to get something for nothing. It's never going to happen. You have to be very clear on what are you willing to sacrifice and what is it for? What am I willing to sacrifice? What is it for? You know, is it you're going to sacrifice a little sleep for it? You're going to sacrifice a little time with your buddies that you know might be great people, but they're not necessarily a representation of who you want surrounding you, what are you going to sacrifice? What's it going to be? If you don't think about it, then ultimately it's going to sneak up on you and you're not going to really be able to control that. Growth is sacrificial. Enough with this generation of weak people who say they want something, but at the end of the day, they're unwilling to give anything up to get what they want. If you start studying strategy, I'm talking grand strategy. I'm talking history of warfare strategy. Like, you always give up something to take new grounds. Always. Always. You got to know what you're willing to give up in order to get what you want. And I can tell you exactly what those things are for me. Number two, anxiety. Somebody say anxiety. Type it in. Somebody say discomfort. Type it in. Anxiety and discomfort. These are the fuel gauges on how much you are actually growing. I'm a weird person and I'm very visual and I actually have this mentally, like it's almost like a visual for me. It's like a fuel gauge. Like I know that there is a certain amount of anxiety I can handle before I go batshit crazy and lose it. I know there's a certain amount of discomfort that I can tolerate you know, before I'm like looking out the window, thinking about what it would look like if I jumped. Okay. I know that there's a certain amount of pain I can go through, and this is, this is where, where the rubber hits the road, is if you ever wake up one morning and you, you realize that you don't remember the last time you felt anxious, you're in a dangerous place. Anxiety is tied to uncertainty or ambiguity. And for an entrepreneur, this is actually the currency. Like this, if you're not feeling a little bit anxious about anything, I'd have to challenge you on whether you're actually growing at an optimal rate. 
Stop looking for ways around discomfort and go through that. Start going through it. That's why I said at the beginning of this call, if you're in a season that's challenging, welcome. Welcome to the League of Greatness. You are well represented. There are plenty of brothers and sisters in arms here with you. Welcome to the greatest season of your life. You can pick out the people at the top. You can literally look and see this person is successful and this person is unsuccessful. And therefore, the first person has experienced pain and the second person has not. How successful, how high you can go, it all comes back down to how much discomfort and anxiety can you go through and can you tolerate and can you continue to be the right person and do the right things even though it's coming at you. Number three, mastery is the process by which big, difficult goals become smaller and easier. Uh, Mastery, though, is the process of what once took me out of the game is now easy and normal to me. You know, two years ago or a year and a half ago, we ended up, we almost got, we got a letter from the Department of Justice. We went through a season where we had more growth and more discomfort and like our goals just weren't working and nothing was working for us. People want to look at traffic and funnels and be like, man, it must be nice. But Ben has been, Ben's, I think, the longest employee we've ever had at this point, Ben and Peyton. And he has seen me go through some of the most like intense seasons where I'm like just destroying things faster than I can fix them. Nobody wants to talk about this, but mastery is a process of like, uh, when you look back a year and a half later, the things that used to challenge you, then you're like, oh, that's not really a big deal. You gotta be patient with yourself. You gotta welcome the feedback of greater people, people who are ahead of you. Mastery takes time. It's just one of those things. It's a process of your bigger, difficult goals becoming smaller and easier. Cool. All right, everybody. Adios. I'll see you next week.